This is the A. I'm Rich Clay. And Norman G. <laughs> this is the A, where we talk about life in the theater and the theater of life. Yay! <laughs> we are sponsored by Central Works, a new play theater headed up by Gary Graves and Jan Zleifer. Central Works, reinventing theater one play at a time. Happy post. This is Hat All Saints Day. This <clears throat> is All Saints Day and tomorrow is All Souls Day? Uh, yeah, because no, there's two. They're two days. Oh, okay. And they're back to back, and they are Christian holidays. Okay. It's also Dia de los Muertos. So. Ah, the Day of the Dead. Oh yeah. There we go. And um, yeah, post Halloween, you know, I bought all this Halloween candy, and nobody knocked on my door. <laughs> Same here. <laughs> we put out a pitiful little candle. I oh, realized, God. no, no, no. You really, you got to put something out on the gate saying <laughs> we will give. Come here. <laughs> right, exactly. We have a wonderful guest. Um, Sydney, I want to get your last name right. Schwint? Schwint, you're Schwint. right. Schwint, there we go. <laughs> you are an actress. You're a fight coordinator. Uh, I believe you teach at the ACT. Mm-hmm. And uh, you are a founder. And she does props. Founder artist at True Edge no? Art. I thought you did. Mm-hmm. Oh. I, I do many other with, things, I though. I got you mixed up with somebody else from <laughs> As You Like It. <laughs> That's all right. Yeah. And we will learn so much more about you. Well, thank you so much for coming out in the I'm rain. Yes. <laughs> I've done scenic painting, though. That's mm. one of the other things. No, she's just, you know, tall, young, white woman. I'm like, oh, yeah, all oh. of you guys. There you are. <laughs> no, we have like a club, you know, <laughs> tall, white women. Yeah. We're all in theater. <laughs> and very, well, you can't see this because it's a podcast. Very statuesque. I mean, you know, yes. mo- very model-like. <laughs> Mm-hmm. How are you doing today? Thank you for coming out in the rain and and, and set, set Monday evening, which is very unusual for us. But thank you so much. Oh, How are you yes doing? It is. I'm doing great. I'm so happy. It's raining. It's just yes. making my heart happy. Being like, oh, thank God, there's water coming out of the sky. We and, need this so badly. Yes, mm-hmm. exactly. Yeah, we've been hit uh, hard with just drought, and so you know, more rain the better. Just as long as I'm inside. Haven't <laughs> yeah. you feel good the last two years? I, I got to the point where I barely pay attention to the national weather report. But every now and then I hear tornado, hurricane, bad things, you know. Oh, the pictures of the subway in New York flooding. I was like, oh, that's. T- I-, I wish we had some water. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I know. Climate, climate change. Well, that's like the East Coast has all the water and we have all the fires. Mm-hmm. If we, like, shared, well, maybe we wouldn't share the fire. But if they shared their water, we'd be happy. We could right? give them some fire. That'd be okay. No, I loved when the... Um, the big announcement for the big rain that we just had a week ago um, was that because of the fires, all these places were going to mudslide, and they didn't. Thank the only a few places did. And I was like, okay, but I grew up in LA, and that was a regular thing. There would be wildfires, and then the next rain season, all these big expensive houses in like Laurel Canyon and stuff would be sliding down off the hills, <laughs> and everybody's going, oh, it's such a shame. I'm like, no, it isn't. They're rich people. They shouldn't have built there in the first place. Yeah, you're like, <laughs> t- pay attention to the geological structure of where you're going to build your home first. Yeah. yeah, yeah. There was one, I think, in Bolivia. Before I We're going to get there. <laughs> We're going to get there. <laughs> Norman, as I begin, how, how was your week? I should actually look up and see if it's finally on the damn website, but um, great expectations. There you are. I, <laughs> yes, we haven't seen each other. So I think I was talking about it. In fact, I think I was fussing about it. Yeah, that's you were, my you were thing. hinting things. You were hinting things. <laughs> no, I was mad because they had just, like the weekend before we last met, um, they had said that was when their callbacks would be. I hadn't heard boo. So I'm like, okay, so I'm not in. And then the Monday after that, I get a phone call. Mm-hmm. Hey, this is this is Randy King. Is this Norman? I'm like, yes. Mm-hmm. 
Well, you might have been hearing a bunch of stories, so I wanted you to let you know what the truth is. And the truth is, that show you auditioned for, we're not doing that. We're, we're going to postpone that till next year, but we're not doing it. So I just, there's stories going around. I didn't want you to get confused. And I'm like, really? The artistic director called me to, con, you know, to comfort me that the show that I hadn't been called about in the first place isn't happening. <laughs> okay, sure, yay, whatever. And he goes on to explain to me that, you know, because it was a big show, because of COVID protocols, mm-hmm. not going to do that show. But the director liked this other show, this wonderful adaptation of Great Expectations. <clears throat> so um, we'll be getting you out of script and uh, we'll see you Tuesday. And I'm like, yes, you will. <laughs> <laughs> so, and, the, and they're going to pay you. Oh, got the first check. Happy man. Right so, on. yeah, we, we've done one week of rehearsal. We're supposed to be off book this Saturday. <laughs> yeah. And, um, and then we've got a week of tech. And then we're up. No, actually, I guess we've got, yeah, we've got two more weeks from now. We've got two more weeks before we go into tech. Mm. We go into tech. And then we go into previews immediately, Woo. and we're up the weekend before Thanksgiving. Holy moly. Wow, that's quick. And we do six shows a week in San Jose. Wow. I tell you, I knew when I first got into, I guess what I would call real theater, you know, out of the academia, when you have directors saying, okay, in three weeks, you got to be off book. <laughs> and it's like, wow, I don't get a month? I don't, I don't get a month right. and a half? No, I used to. <laughs> and I used to panic about it, but what I realize now is that first day, Almost everybody does it that that first day is a tech day. Y'all ain't, nobody's going to like quiz you on your lines that day. They're too busy going. Are the lights in the right place? Can you get your costumes on? Where does this need to be? Yeah. Oh, this is too big. We can't use this. Can we get something else? That's what goes on for those two or three days. We're like, okay, great. Well, so during those two and three days, I'll finish it up, finish it up. I'll, <laughs> yeah. I'll, I'll get yeah, this yeah. down. But it's yes, a- I'm playing uh, Joe. And there's a Mrs. Joe. Uh-huh. <laughs> Which is fun. Um, and I just realized our last rehearsal day, I'm like, oh, wow, wait, that last page that I'm on stage before intermission, I won't give anything away, but it's a deep moment. I don't say a lot, but there's a reason why. And I'm like, oh, wow, acting, this is going to be fun. <laughs> wow. Can't, can't and wait. I played the assistant to the lawyer, the lawyer or whatever the British call lawyers. I have to learn three dialects. Hmm. Yeah, lines. You, you can, you can. We'll okay. <laughs> no, that's it's a fa- workout. Yeah, no, that's fantastic. That's wonderful. Good things happen to good people. Um, there have been some current events. Well, today, I, I spent most of the day, I work at the DA's office. And so while I was uh, typing and doing other things, discovery work or whatever, I was listening to the Supreme Court. Here, that was a Texas, big day. The Texas hearings. Today have was a big day. Have you been checking it out? Oh, I've been so deeply involved in so many news lately. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. It's just, it's all like, oh, my heart. I, I got on that ride this morning because mm-hmm. I, I, you know, I, I'm loving Twitter. Yeah. And it was like, you know, eight minutes. I'm like, oh, okay, that's pretty fresh. What? <laughs> the people who are just sitting there and and live tweeting yeah. what's going on. I was like, oh, yeah. lordy. It's a bit encouraging. I don't know, you know, obviously we won't know the tangible results until later on. But, you know, I saw on, I think it was CNN or The Post, that Amy Comey Barrett may be leaning towards... She asked some questions that really kind of undercut 
the um, the, the conservative argument, yeah. the argument of you know pro pro I guess I'm, I'm the sorry, def- pro they're the defense. Yeah. yeah, on this one, but yeah, she she asked some questions that kind of undercut that. We'll, we'll see when it comes down yeah. to a decision what that means. But and, and she asked some great questions. Yeah, and, and what I'm and Kavanaugh asked some really stupid questions and mm-hmm. got his head handed to him numerous times. That's one of the things I was writing about. Just mm-hmm. a, what a dumbass he yeah. is. Yeah, mm-hmm. and she got showed up by Soda Sotomayor. I mean, the whole yes. thing is is a yeah. lawsuit. You know, like right. Texas has this very oppressive law saying not only are we trying to ban all abortions. But anyone who helps can be sued. Anybody. Anybody. By anybody. Right, in the country. And oh, so, by anybody but a state official. So, And that's where they're trying. And that was a big part of the argument today is they're trying to get around anything that would be the state making somebody do something to somebody, mm-hmm. which the feds have some recourse for. But... Yeah, the, yeah, that was that's where the arguments were kind of yeah twisting. And, and Sotomayor said, "Hey, listen, you know, does this apply to gun rights as well? I mean, mm-hmm. you know, if someone gets shot, can a citizen sue, a, you know, a gun manufacturer? Right. And you know, the uh, of course the conservative, I think the state of Texas, that was the their lawyer. They were like, well, we'll mm-hmm. let Congress handle it. And right. Breyer, I think it was Breyer who said Congress didn't handle what happened in 1954, right? The Board of Education. Mm-hmm. So. Oh. So it's good. It feels good. I don't know if it's one of those, well, I'll hand you a cookie, but we're really going to do what we want to well, do. Well, Breyer, if nothing else, Breyer better show his <laughs> his, his uh, skills, his talents. Yeah, yeah. Breyer, because, you know, we are just all going, dude, retire, please. Just get, we don't give a fuck about what you have to say. Would you please just step down? Yeah. Let Biden pick somebody. Let them have that stupid fight. Mm-hmm. And let's move on because... I don't know what your health is, but I thought Ruth was in pretty good health, and then she wasn't. Right. Sydney, here's a question for you. I mean, it has to be frustrating for a woman. It's like, you know, are you free in America? Well, if you're in California, yes, but if you're in Oklahoma, no. And I I was reading, you know, I think an 11-year-old in Bolivia got pregnant, and she was forced to have the baby. Yep. Oh, yeah. So, um, yeah. Just, I mean, it's devastating. It just means you don't actually have any control over your body. And and the thing is, like, one of my best friends had an ectopic pregnancy, and that doesn't count. Like, you you wouldn't be able to abort an ectopic pregnancy, I think, mm-hmm. which is, right. like, that's a life that, right. w- that would kill you. That's Yeah, it is life-threatening. So it's just, like, they're not protecting and, anyone's and that lives. And fetus, if it is in the state where we would call it a fetus even, is not viable at that point. Well, that's what it's just it's the statement pro-life is such crap like it's not pro-life at all it's it's pro fetus <laughs> like right, right. or whatever it's just not even paying attention to the woman who's carrying it or the <coughs> the quality of life after birth that's Can the we other give thing a jaywalking ticket to a fetus i wonder <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah and i mean just and not even wanting to have the i mean it really is sort of the us versus them I don't even want to have a cogent argument. We're just going to argue at each other mm-hmm. for, you know, mm-hmm. all these things that was decided, you know, 1973, Roe v. Wade. And We're not going to try and agree. We're just going to demonize you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And Well, that's what, it, they've also distilled, like, like, a lot of the right-wing principles to be about, like, anti-gay marriage and anti-abortion. Right. Like, that's, that's kind of their platform. And yeah. it's like, is this the hill you really want to die on? And more cops. Yeah. yeah. Yes. And in other news, uh, there are a couple yeah. of other things going on. So um, both the Kyle Rittenhouse cases going on, I think they had jury selection. Uh, yes. Mm-hmm. The judge, well, it sort of pissed me off, I'm sure. And this is news that I think happened last week. The judge says that 
the defend the um, victims who were killed cannot be called victims. Right. Um, Which yeah. I just don't understand. I'm like, what? He says they have to prove it. Right. Prove that they were victims because they are rioters. They were there to riot. They were there to protest. Yeah. And see, that's the 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 irony. I mean, you know, the judge is saying, well, we can't bias the jury by saying they're victims because we're applying that, you know, a crime was committed. But you but, can call those people rioters you, right, or exactly. protesters. Yeah. That bias is fine, but the other mm-hmm. bias of calling them victims isn't. Mm-hmm. So that's horrible, and that's happening in, um, I forget where it's b- being done. Also in um, the Armand Arbery case, that's going on as well. Forgot about that. That kind of yeah. got eclipsed by all this. But the there, so there's a slavery law that goes back to I think 18, I don't know, 60 or whatever. This goes back to the Fugitive Slave Act. It is the Fugitive Slave Act. Yes. Basically saying mm-hmm. that a citizen can capture an individual and even use deadly force. I think if uh, it's almost like citizen's arrest. Right. If but they if, believe that they are committing a crime, which is running away, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. then the citizen is empowered to do whatever they think they need to do to, to interrupt that Which is crime. crazy. And for those who don't know, the Fugitive Slave Act was basically, it was signed by Millard Fillmore, the 13th president, in 1850. It was something that the prior president would not do until he mm-hmm. died. Sorry for the history. Yeah. But basically saying <laughs> a white person can grab a black person and mm-hmm. bring them back to the slave owner. And you can probably even get money, and you know you can be deputized, and you know we want you to do this. No, I wonder if it was just black. I mean, white people, because um, I'd wonder if you were free black man. If if I grabbed a slave, would y'all have to give me money? Yeah, or a Native American. Well, I mean, but even then, oh, even, I mean, they Dred, weren't human beings. Dred so, Scott, you know. you know, you know that one. It's like, yes. well, you're not really a human being. You may be free, but right. you know, you're only three fifths. According of the to man. the, con- I was gonna say, according to the Constitution, no, <clears> you're not. And would, and this is 2021. I mean, how in the world can we still be talking about this? Well, and that's when it makes you so frustrated when people are like, well, slavery doesn't exist anymore, right? That's fine. And then you're like, well, we're still pulling up laws from 1850 in our cases. Right. right. So how can you use that argument ever? Yeah. Well, and plus, you know, we've got all these people incarcerated because, is it the 13th or 14th Amendment? That, I think 13th. it's the 13th. That, yeah, it is the 13th. Yeah. yeah. The DuVernay um, did a piece about it and specifically saying, oh, except you can do this. You can still, however you treat these people, these prison people, yeah. you do whatever you want. And that them. was the birth of the, uh, the chain gang and the federal penitentiary immediately after slavery. Because that's what they did to, you know, yeah. So, (laughs) right, exactly. Good old Sam Cooke song. And on a lighter note, um, Killer Cakes. So I don't don't know if you've heard about this. Children, actually it's not light, but children poisoned by birthday cake decorations loaded with lead and copper. What? (laughs) I like also how you said, in lighter news, children are murdered by cakes. (laughs) So there's no, a, I hadn't heard about this. What? Where? I have what? not heard about this one either. <laughs> so you got to keep, you got to laugh from, to keep from crying. I, I heard the but headline, case, but I didn't even look at so it. So apparently, there's a. I haven't. I will say out. So I mean, if you want to kill people, that's the best way to do it. Killer, something that you were like, oh, that sounds fun. <laughs> lingerie so the, murders. Yeah. So, Ooh, but it's lingerie. So there's a there's a type of decoration that you could put on cakes. It's been a long time since I've, since I've eaten cake. I really don't eat cake a lot. But I guess parents are doing these crazy decorations where you can color a cake silver, gold, oh, right. copper, yes. Yes. lead. Yes. Okay. And they depend on these third-party companies. And so I guess there was a company, I guess, a Chinese manufacturer had made the lead. Yeah. lead. And of well, course, lead they is cheap. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it got put on the cake, and a couple of children actually got severely poisoned, threw up. 
just Ooh. really, really horrible. Ooh. And I was like, for goodness sake, I read this on Ars Technica. It's not like I look for these things. <laughs> well, that's all right. Uh, <coughs> the news always is just like, here's the most depressing thing first. <laughs> Here you go. Children are dead. I saw Ready. this wonderful <laughs> clip. I don't pay attention to what all the news shows anymore. I did see Squid Game. But um, Jeff Daniels, I guess, has been in a show for at least a year or more. Yeah. And the opening sequence was one of those, I guess it was like a candidate's forum or something. Mm -hmm. And a young college student got up and said, what make, why is America the greatest country on earth? I know what you're talking about. That clip? Yes. Oh, my goodness. And a young woman gets up with a little sign that says, it's not. And so as Jeff Daniels is about to answer, he sees her. And he goes off. And it, when he goes off targeting, I thought he was targeting her because he says, yeah. a young woman, I don't know if you know what you did. But I was like, Who, which one are you talking to? And I thought it was wonderful that they did that. But he went down the list of mm -hmm. statistics, you know, like where we are, infant mortality, we're like 80-something or lower. Yeah. We're we are not good. Mm -hmm. <laughs> we are not number one. He said, we're not number one. He said, but we used to be. Yeah. And then he goes into this very poignant speech about, about how that. we can yeah i think those broadcast news and he oh is that what it is there's uh -huh. a gq uh gq do these little snippets on facebook mm -hmm. I and mean, not on facebook on on youtube where actors can talk about their most iconic scenes oh and jeff daniels talks about that and i guess there was a discussion as to whether that monologue that speech was going to be in and jeff was he was adamant it's like yes we got to put it in it was do, wonderful. Do you know the monologue we're talking about? I don't. I well, don't. I'll put a click clip on there uh, when we post. Yeah. Because it's uh, it talks about hey we we get a little bit too high and mighty when we talk about America. We're right. the best, but we can be. We all, we have the potential of being of being great. And what I love is they didn't go to the syrupy place and add that in. Yeah. It was clear from the way he delivered it that it pained him mm -hmm. that. All these things, all these times, you know, to look back at a time that's not that distant where we were actually doing a lot of amazing things. <clears throat> we were pretty amazing. Um, and we are so past that now and not moving in that direction. We are so moving in another direction. Yeah. And I know the folks that are wanting America to be great again think that's what they're arguing for. But the people they're supporting are doing everything in the opposite direction. You yeah. know, it's just... Yeah. Yeah. Sydney, I'll ask you this question. I mean, we're, we've passed, we've gone into, you know, the Biden administration. We don't have to deal with Trump anymore, but we're still dealing with the remnants really? of oh, the Trump yeah. administration. We will be dealing with that forever, it yeah. feels like. Or, or At least another two and a half years, yeah. Yeah. Oh, um, no, right now, three years, another three years. Well, and just with it all, too, I mean, it just keeps coming back up. Like, I keep having all these articles popping about, about you know, the January 6th riots and, and yeah. all that's going on there and, and, you know, the headlines about, oh, well, Trump was saying this and Trump was doing that. Mm -hmm. And I'm still like, oh, people are still adamantly supporting this man. It's like, right. we have him on record. Yeah. Undermining our country. Yes. Yeah. Horrible things. I mean, I don't know. I feel like it's just a... a they're blinders on people now. They're just yeah. going to support them. It's a cult. <laughs> Do you, I mean, does it make you lose faith in, in America or whatever? I mean, have you changed your perception of, I don't know, I think where I you are? I lost faith in America at <laughs> a very early age. I don't know oh, if really? you guys did. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I've been at a, if, 
pretty anti-American for oh. a long time. Well, maybe we should maybe this rough. is a good transition to an origin story. Ah. Learn a little bit more about Sydney Schwint. But no, I totally understand. You know, I have another. Well, I had another podcast. I'm an American too. Where I interview people who are not born in America to get oh. their views on American life. Was, yeah, I thought it was a great concept. Yeah, yeah. I want to. If you know, people can come in. There are a lot of folks who are afraid, who really don't talk. I have a good friend of mine who is from Cambodia. Mm-hmm. Actually escaped Pol Pot. Oh, jeez! And has a book. Wrote a book about it. Mm-hmm. And I was like, "Hey, man, come on!" And he's just either too shy, or he's worried about bl- blowback and whatever. Yeah. And it's unfortunate because these are stories we need to hear. Yeah. Yes, we do. We're very privileged as Americans, and well, we don't realize. It's sad that I I've, I can totally understand that fear though too. Yeah. You know, and especially as soon as something <laughs> goes viral out there, you don't mm-hmm. have control over it, right. and then you don't have control over your image, and and you never know what's gonna set it off you know like if it's yeah. you post 300 videos of you with your cat and then one thing you say like in the background of a clip ends right. up taking off you know yeah yeah exactly you're so, hanging out with that friend and they do blackface for <laughs> halloween and you're in the background of the photo and you're just screwed right yep. exactly it's funny you mentioned that you know taking control of your narrative um huma abedin remember that name does that name familiar mm-hmm. she no. was the wife of um anthony weiner oh she has oh, her book. She her. has her book out. Yes, yeah, she has her book out. Uh, this I don't know that if it came out woman. this week or last week, but she talked about. So this is the woman who was the uh, political campaign manager for Hillary Clinton in 2016. Right. Yeah, 26, and Hillary was that close to beating Trump. Yep, and then Weiner exposed himself. Yeah. blew up his to marriage to a teenager, right? To a teenager, uh, and got himself in I mean, jail. Yeah. Right. And uh, you know the uh, and Comey opened up those uh, the investigation again at mm-hmm. a crucial time, and right. many people think that's the reason why Hillary lost the election to I, I wouldn't be to, uh, to um to Trump, and of course Huma, you know her life completely changed. I'm so glad you had to think about his name for a second. That was, yeah, that, yeah, it gives me hope. <laughs> But uh, Huma talks about, you know, taking the narrative, not having other people talk about, you know, her life. She taking the control. If anybody needs to, she needs to, because it's like, (laughs) wow, personal life, not so good. Political life, that was that was pretty bad. Yeah, it was. (laughs) That had to be a hard year. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. And there was a documentary. I mean, we're not going to talk about all about this, but (laughs) Weena was so arrogant that he even had a documentarian follow him around, and it was captured in real time. If anyone is is interested in in one of the most outrageous documentaries, check out Weena. I'm sure it's streaming somewhere. Terrible name, too. (laughs) I'm just like, ah, no wonder you're a dick. And and (laughs) maybe that's a, uh, what do they call it, a Pyrrhic, uh, uh, a... um, Oh, not a Pyrrhic victory. There's some philosopher that... um, I don't know. It's uh, Freudian. Maybe it's Freudian. You know, mm-hmm. maybe it's he has the name. So, you know, it <laughs> right. just populated his mind and he did whatever. In any case, let's learn about you, uh, Sydney. Um, where were you born and raised and how did the um, theater bug bite you? Oh, um, well, I was born and raised in Boulder, Colorado. Wow. Yeah. I love Boulder. Mork and Mindy country. Yep. <laughs> Technically, I'm from a little place called Gun Barrel, uh-huh. but mm-hmm. no one's really ever heard of it. Yeah. Um, With and a name then, like that, I'm shocked. Right? Well, it's really just a suburb of Boulder, so I think Boulder's like, okay. no, we're liberals. We don't support guns. Right. <laughs> right. Um, but from there, we did a fourth grade production of A Midsummer Night's Dream. Wow. Yay! 
Yeah. That's, pr- that's pretty um, ambitious. And you got to play who? I, well, I really just wanted to be a fairy, like, so badly. You wouldn't want to be. Right? And then I wasn't cast as a fairy, and I cried and cried, but I was cast as Harmia. Um, oh! Which was great. Some of the gorge- most gorgeous language in the play, yeah. Right? And what's great about it, though, was... I'm 5'9". I will never play Hermia ever again. Right. At the time, I was also taller than the lady playing Helena, but mm. our director was a fourth grade teacher and didn't pay attention and to that. And didn't pay attention, so, right. So I got to play Hermia once in my life, and it was so fun. <laughs> and like from that time, I, I also had a crush on the guy playing Lysander. You know? So helps. I was like, this is great. We're going to hang out after school together yeah. and like... We get to wear fun costumes, yeah. and there's glitter everywhere. I'm about this scene. And the, like from that moment, it was like, I will do this or die trying. Like I remember my grandmother asking me of like, she was like, oh, Sydney, what's your backup plan? And I was like, Nana, I will do this or die. <laughs> right <on. laughs> she never asked me again. So oh, that's great. <laughs> I was like, yes, okay, one for me. Do, do you have siblings? I do. I have an older brother who, he lives actually down in L.A. All right. right. Now, I take it, are you the only one in theater or arts? Yeah, like in in my entire extended family. I come from, like, scientists, oh, really. Is that right? <laughs> yeah. What science? Yeah. My dad was a Ph.D. chemist. Like, he was a pharmaceutical chemist for his career. And then mm-hmm. my mom was a Paleo-Indian archaeologist. Wow. Wow. Nice. Yeah. But they really supported both of their children who went into the arts. My my brother's, <clears> like, <throat> managing rappers down south. Oh, cool. Oh, cool. Yeah. <laughs> nice. That is awesome. So uh, did you, I'm sure you had uh, um, formal education. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I actually went back out east. And I went to school at a place called the Hart School in Connecticut, which oh, mm-hmm. was not used to the East Coast. <laughs> oh, no. When well, I grew up, like, Boulder. I mean, you knew winter, didn't you? Yeah, I knew winter. But, like, from Boulder, my high school composted. And, like, I went out oh. east and, and, like, people didn't know what composting was right and left well, the no, lights no, on no. and yeah. it was like a whole <laughs> it was like an awakening um and like i don't know people were like less friendly like in colorado everyone waves to each other mm-hmm. kind of you're just like oh hi and like i remember walking down the street i would walk to class and there was like this guy with his little kid walking down the street and i was like oh hi and they skirted the child away from me and i was like <laughs> now is this in new york no, it was in Connecticut. Connecticut. Wow. Right? Yeah. I like, and I th- I'll connect that with New York. But I mean, there's a very East Coast thing where it's like, you know, people are just tough. Yeah. And, you know, you have that guarded thing. I once asked an individual, I went to school in uh, New York, and it's mm-hmm. like, what time is it? Why? You want to see my watch? <laughs> Give it to me. <laughs> really? <laughs> yeah. Really, that's, that's how people are. <laughs> I can tell you tons of stories. But uh, so did you, and how's the education? I mean, did you, did you study theater? I did. I, I got my BFA. It was a conservatory style program. And I loved it. I loved being immersed in theater. But, you mm-hmm. know, like, especially this past year, there's been brought up, like, so much about, like, BFA programs. Mm-hmm. Like, we didn't have a weigh-in or things like that. Like, mm-hmm. I know a lot of other programs do. But I look back, and there's some things that I'm like, oh, that's kind of, that's kind of messed up that that happened um things like that or i'm like oh there was probably a better way to educate than that but at the same time i look back and i loved my teachers i'm still like really good friends with a lot of my classmates and and like i learned a whole bunch i mean getting to go to movement class at 8 30 in the morning and do suzuki training and all that or like mime training (laughs) and stuff it was like every theater kid's dream (laughs) <laughs> and you also, I'm looking at your uh, thing here, uh, you studied Commedia dell'arte at the Academia 
Del Arte. Yeah, I did a summer abroad in Italy. Wow, <laughs> that is just awesome. What was that experience like? Oh, it was super fun. I ate so much pasta. Mm. <laughs> it was terrible. I, I now can't have gluten anymore, but I'm so glad I could at that time because I ate so much pasta. Nice. Um, but it was it was so fun. I love comedia. I love mask work. I love movement work mm-hmm. and, and getting to be just like deeply immersed in doing comedia was so fun and has totally uh it, it totally changed how i viewed theater because you know like freshman year of college and things like that was like really like oh meisner and sense memory mm-hmm. and, and that is not my thing <laughs> oh no <laughs> no good then i want to ask you <laughs> it's, like, no, it's funny because i was talking to a dialect coach the other day and she was trying to figure out how best i would learn mm-hmm. and i'm like and I didn't, the word that didn't come to mind was kinesthetic, but I said, you know, I said visual because she gave me, was I visual or verbal? Mm-hmm. And as much as I appreciate the verbal, I like to move. That's, that's how I know my characters. That's how I know my everything. Like I can think about taking two steps because the director told me to take two steps, but I can figure out what that two steps means and I can embrace that. And so when I had that moment, I'm looking forward to having moments like that on stage because I know I will take those two steps and the audience hopefully will go, oh. Yeah, right. And it's really just getting me out of the way because these people over here are talking and the light's over there. So yeah. I'm just getting over to the other But I light. feel like so many actors learn through your body. <laughs> like we're, we're yeah. physical people. We need to do things. Exactly. You know, if a director tells me, I want you to cross on this line or whatever, that usually that's how I learn how right. to use my lines. And like you, I'm a physical actor mm-hmm. as well. Mm-hmm. It's funny that you mentioned that because I've talked before, Susan Evans, who one of my um, favorite directors and mm-hmm. I've worked with her many times she introduced the thing we were doing uh, Fear and Misery in the Third Reich and she introduced um, gesture work have you worked on that at all like a I know of it and have done little bits of it, mm-hmm. but not so much. I feel like it's been incorporated in a lot of my rehearsal processes, but I like never studied it specifically. Yeah, yeah. She basically talked about, you know, like having um, a gesture, even a crazy, strange gesture, mm-hmm. sort of create a character because a lot of times our character work is very generic, you know, like mm-hmm. uh, we, <clears throat> a neighbor, you know, I'm thinking of uh, when you did um, with oh, the Willie uh, Nolan Death piece. of a Salesman. Yeah, Death of a Salesman. Yeah. And we can just create a character the generic way, but a new way of creating a character, a new way of looking at beats and objectives <coughs> and things could be through a, an abstract p- piece of movement that mm-hmm. we do mm-hmm. and then fitting the line in and seeing how it would work. Mm-hmm. I love that. I had always, that makes me think of like. <laughs> Harry Potter 4. Do you guys watch Harry Potter? And like Barty Crouch Jr. where it's David Tennant and he's like sticking his tongue out like a... And that's oh, like his yeah. thing. Yeah. Right. It's not yeah, yeah. written in the book, but I was like, what a weird thing that yeah. he chose to do. But. Heath Ledger does the same thing in uh, The Dark Knight. You know? oh, yeah, oh, yeah. 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 Oh, right, he, yeah. Like licking his tongue while he's in. He just created this really, really strange character. But Commedia dell'arte, I mean, that's the whole Italian comedy and... Um, mm-hmm. Archetypes of characters. Yeah, yeah, archetypes. And uh, we don't get to see... It's funny, talking, when I talked with Scott Munson, he talked about, you know, we're so westernized when we think about theater and the way mm. we see film and movies. If we delve into the other, how Italians create theater, how the Japanese create theater, you know, no mm-hmm. theater and that sort of stuff. So 
um, that that's interesting. Oh, there's so many different other avenues of theater. I mean, every culture has done some sort of performative event, and we can learn from everything. It's yeah. so exciting. Yeah. So how did you become a, a fight coordinator? I mean, that's a very interesting um, direction to go. Oh, yeah. Actually, I was really like, my my high school theater teacher randomly was like, I'm going to offer a stage combat class. And he had no idea what he was doing, I'm pretty sure, now that I look back. Uh (laughs) But, you know, you got to play with swords. And I I remember me and my my best friend Steven took the class, and I totally almost stabbed Steven in the eye. Mm -hmm. Um, We're still friends to this day, and he still (laughs) has his eye. Um, And from that, I was like, this is really fun. I won. I love theater. And now I get to play with swords. This is great. Mm -hmm. So then when I got older, I started seeking out training opportunities. And I happened on the National Stage Combat Workshop with the Society of American Fight Directors when Mm -hmm. I was 18. Mm -hmm. And they had like a three-week training session that I was able to do. And I went to that and I was like, oh, this is amazing. And we got certified in unarmed combat, rapier and dagger, and broadsword. And then we got to do some knife and single sword work. And um, while I was there, I was so lucky because um, my like my rapier and dagger teacher was Richard Ryan, who, who oh. was the fight coordinator mm-hmm. for um, Dark Knight. Wow. And wow. he did Troy, and now he does Vikings. And um, he, it was so fun. And then uh, David Brimmer was my broadsword teacher, and he's like a – a Broadway fight coordinator who's done, you know, like all like Lieutenant of Inishmore and all those fun mm, plays, wow. like all the blood and things like that. And I was like, this is the best thing ever. And not only that, but it was where all the nerds of theater go. Mm-hmm. It's like, oh, everyone here plays D&D and likes Lord of the Rings. <laughs> right. Me too. Let's be friends. Yeah. So it was perfect. It was a I wonder, I wonder if they have other if jocks do it as the same things. Like, cool, I can get to play with the knives or, or whatever. Oh, yeah. I imagine there are a lot of folks who are flushed out if they don't follow bet, procedures. But yeah, that's yeah. that was the thing. There's a lot of people that probably think they want to be there, but if they're not there for the right reasons or right. they're not open to listening to safety, well, that's, that's what I love. Every everybody I've ever, every class I've ever taken, anybody I've ever worked with who starts off talking about how we're going to stay safe makes me happy and that's like the key part about stage combat like to actually be a fight director you need to be thinking one about safety that's like the most important thing that you always need to be on top of and then second is storytelling but your storytelling has to come from working with the actors if you come in with choreography ahead of time and your actor can't do what you're going to do you're going to make them feel terrible and you're going to create a terrible story yeah that's a good point and it's like more often than not you're like okay here's a thought about what we could do and the actor's like well actually i know how to do a backflip and you're like wow that's cool can you do that repeatedly (laughs) Mm, (laughs) right (laughs) it's like i would have never choreographed that because i can't do a backflip but you know obviously that's extreme case but they'll Mm. come up with something that they feel comfortable doing that's way better than what you would have thought of anyway yeah yeah i remember stage managing uh this is in new york king arthur and there was a fight scene and one actor was very old well i shouldn't say very old he was (laughs) he's my age now (laughs) uh like his mid-50s and uh the other guy it was basically king arthur and mordred and Mordred is, um, he's younger, like 20s. Um, mm-hmm. And the fight coordinator, like the first day of rehearsal, says, okay, we're going to pick up sticks and we're just going to move real slow. But it almost began almost instantly so that by the time we actually had the show, which is maybe a month and a half later, 
they were so incredibly skilled, the audience was just blown away. See, that's what's so nice when you actually bring in the fight director ahead of time. Like, yeah. you have yeah. them involved before and they get to be there. Because every, every 10 seconds of fight should require, like, an hour of rehearsal at least. And so you, you should go. be able to be there through the whole process and get people up and running. But more often than not, you get, like, a day or Is two. Is that right? Is that yeah. so? I, I you, was wondering yeah, if that was normally the exception. Squeeze you in. Yeah. Yep. It's like we're not gonna give up rehearsal time because we need it for everything else. Which is like, yeah, you need it for everything else, but we're now gonna be waving metal objects in front of each other's faces. So right. we and the audience. Yeah. Yeah. yeah exactly. And you, would, you, you would think that a director would say, okay, well, let me work on this scene while you get to work with the actress who are gonna be doing the fight mm -hmm. scene. Smart so that, ones you know. do. Yeah, <laughs> I'm sure you would. Have you dealt with fight fighting as, as a director? I've not, typically haven't had the budget. And so if I do, what I do is sort of sketch in the shape of where this is going to be. And then if I can get somebody in for a couple of days, <laughs> I apologize and I say, hey, no, you're gonna get a couple of days and this, it, the actors are already prepared, so it's already sort of framed. And then all I want you to do is give me something safe that they can do that looks like violence or you know implied violence on stage. Mm -hmm. You know, I I I'm much more a fan of the implied violence yeah. because it <clears throat> means more. A good fight when you can have all the rehearsal you need to get your actors up to speed. A good fight can be gorgeous on stage. But somebody just throwing something down at the right moment can have all the oh, violent yeah. energy that you want. And, you know, as long as you put something there so that it's safe, it's mm -hmm. all good. Yeah, yeah. No, I, I, I would love. I, I'm, I am hoping in the next few years that people will hire me so that I can actually say, well, you know, we need, we need, because now it's fight and intimacy <laughs> right exactly we were just talking about that off mic yeah uh, uh, you and me uh, Sydney and it's funny that you're here because you know this is my first time knowing you and I didn't even realize that you were a fight coordinator until I looked on the thing because I was going to bring in Durand or Marty Pistone to talk about <laughs> to talk about obviously um what happened uh, on the set of Rust oh, is on everyone's wow. minds. Oh, right. yeah, it is. And that's actually part of uh, the news because Alec Baldwin actually made a statement uh, this weekend basically saying how horrible he felt. I feel bad for him as oh, an actor. I know. Oh, what a terrible place to be put. You actually killed someone because someone didn't do their job properly. Right. Yeah. Right. Right. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. And I didn't know if you, because I know you deal with sword fighting. Do you deal with gunplay at all? Yes. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it's one of those things everyone's talking about right now yeah, right? within yeah. the fight community is everyone's talking about rest and having their opinions and and the thing that they're learning more like we're learning step by step of different things that have happened but it comes down to negligence and there was a yeah. what it um i've been reading about how there were several other incidents on the same set yeah, right reports. before yeah. and and they didn't take it seriously and I, I think it was the ad or someone who had like a reputation of just yes. being like it was the lax. ad and it's the ad who just went and grabbed something yep. off the rack yeah. and they, said here you go i will say though too it's like cold. as a, a as a, he d he told the whole set that it was a cold weapon and then also it wasn't the armor giving Right. Exactly. Actor, a weapon. There's a bit of he say, she say, because the armor is a woman who, you know, said, I, I think said 
everything is okay, Every, uh, j the weapons are right there, and the AD. So, you know, it's like, well, who checks it? Is it the AD or is it the armor? What's going on? And, of course, in theater, you don't have a bunch of people like that. Like, I remember, you know, Hedda Gobbler. I remember dealing with, you know, an actual firearm. You've got to have a gun, And yeah. I checked every single thing. You know, I, there were all sorts of procedures, and it mm -hmm. went off without a hitch. And, of course, it was never, ever pointed towards a person at all. Yeah, you should never be pointing a theatrical firearm at a person ever like there should be firing lanes yeah i yeah. love that's the sort of stuff that i love about this story i mean there's not very many positives but mm -hmm. the emphasis the re-emphasis of how important that is and that that should never happen because when you stop and think about it you go and you're right there is never a moment i don't need to point at you if the audience there i can point there exactly. i can the point past never, you it accomplishes you what we notice. want and there's no danger the danger has been minimized well yes. i hope it also brings to light like you don't need firearms in a lot of shows especially right now when <laughs> there are shootings all the time like i'm from boulder and i was with my folks this past year when there was the boulder shooting and the right. king supers and it's like it, this is happening so frequently and yeah. we still have sets that are taking it so nonchalantly having a ton of firearms mm -hmm. they're like oh well everyone does this so it's fine yeah and and alec was talking about that how you know there's a proliferation of um of weaponry I mean, this gets into, you know, our the gun culture and do we need movies with guns and all that sort of stuff. I mean, you know, that's a bigger odd discussion. But it's also like on, on firearms on set, like they're using, you know, like sound anyway. Right, right. Exactly. So it's like, why do you need it to actually fire right, in right, that way? Right, right, exactly. Yeah, I also heard there was a live round. I mean, you know, I have no idea what was going on on yeah. Rust. Uh, to transition from that... We were talking about intimacy. Do you deal with that at all? Or, or let's say with, um, I know you deal with swords and everything, but let's say fighting between a man and a woman, or let's say someone, like when I brought up the whole King Arthur thing, there was an older actor and a younger actor. Do you take that into account? Or, you know, there's a great size discrepancy, that sort of stuff. Oh, always, always. Yeah. I mean, you you're always to. paying attention to what you have in the room, and you have to take care of them too, because one, dealing with violence you don't know anyone's situation with violence. Right. Especially, you know, it, since we're just talking about firearms, we don't know people's relationship to firearms in the room. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And that's something you have to talk about with the entire cast and crew, just in case. Especially, you know, locally, we have we have folk that have been involved in, in firearms within the community. Sure, right. they may be triggered. Yeah. 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 So you always have to check in with people and continue that conversation there should be constant check-ins that you institute also between actors but they check in before every every rehearsal or mm -hmm. when i'm not there before every show where they talk to each other and are like hey like you know my shoulder's actually hurting a little bit i slept funny on it can mm -hmm. we can we not hit as hard on that moment or yeah. can we do this other slightly variable thing that we learned earlier mm -hmm. so that they can take care of themselves and be in charge of their own body right which is part of like where intimacy intimacy direction derived from um you know some right. fight directors yes and and they developed it from there though you know intimacy direction has really been around for a long time since we've been directing intimate scenes for sure. as long as there have been intimate scenes written yeah right. but now there is an actual yeah. title and a person you know who is well that checking in mm -hmm. which is just generally such a good idea and i love I love when I get in a process and somebody's doing that. And there's the old school part of me that goes, oh, boy, the touchy-feely part. But I realize, like, I have to, when I do my COVID check-in for rehearsal, one of the questions is, how are you feeling today? And it goes from not tired at all, zero, all the way up to 10. 
And I generally do one or two. Yesterday, I think I finally got to do, or one day, one of the last couple of days, I got to do zero. And I was like, oh, yay. <laughs> but it's great to just sort of give people a heads up. I'm not saying I'm bad. I'm not saying I can't do the work today. I'm not saying any of that. But I am saying maybe I had a hard drive today. Maybe I had two other gigs today, and I'm just getting here. So I'm not 100%. Well, it also just recognize we're all people. And yeah. we have lives. And, and one thing I've noticed is it really just creates camaraderie, too, of like, oh, I, I actually know who you are as a person yeah. now. Mm-hmm. And I'm starting and to get to know And that reads on stage. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Hopefully, a bit of performance. Yeah. Hopefully all that translates. <laughs> well, yeah. and it creates that trust. I mean, that's what you need trust that, to do any yes. sort of theater. And especially if you're going to be getting into performative violence with someone or intimacy with someone, you need trust with each other. Yeah. You develop that through communication. Yeah. I, I think I, I don't. I try not to bring up Foreman in Paris too many times, but I just appreciate how Kim Donovan uh, and Barry worked together, you know, because we had a fight scene where, you know, the two couples arguing with each other, but they were so warm and wonderful to each other. You know, they checked in. They were like, hey, you know, I'm going to do this. It's okay. And it was wonderful to see. I had a quick question for you. So I stage managed. It was uh, Othello. Um, It was a scene where Iago and um, Cassius, Cassio, I think it's Cassio, are talking, put yeah, the money in thy, yeah. thy purse. Yeah. And the actors were uh, sort of tussling. Uh, they were working out a scene together, and the, and the director was there. Um, but there was a break, and the actors, I guess, uh, worked out something on their own and wanted to show the director. And the director got so pissed off. He was like, that's not what we discussed or whatever, and mm-hmm. it became a big thing. So I guess my question to you is, is it okay for two actors to, let's say you're a fight coordinator, you work out some things, but the actors are working out other things on their own, fight-wise. Is that okay? Is that not okay? I would say no if they're coming up with different choreography. Got it. Because one, there's so much that goes into doing stage combat that most people, unless they have extensive training, they don't know to look out for right and it's like that's and even why if you one does weed. that doesn't mean both of them do yeah and there's so many things that you just don't know like even just when you're creating something on your own like on basics mm-hmm. sight lines for mm-hmm. for your whole audience you can't right. be checking out that and I'll f- i find a lot of people when they're they're choreographing or beginning their choreography won't be thinking about oh we've got left and right to pay attention to mm-hmm. but then you know and of course safety is the main issue there yeah and that when we start getting into choreography where you haven't done it, that's when you hurt each other. And right. We don't want that. Yeah. No, that's loud and clear. Because a lot of actors will, you know, in the course of bonding and, of course, hey, let's do some scene work after after this thing. And that's when things like that will happen. And, you know, I guess. You'll see really trained people will do that <clears throat> because they know they're dealing with somebody who is equally trained they know how to appropriately do it they know how to set it up and do all that but yeah in the typical rehearsal you're not getting two people who know what they're doing yeah. doing that and i would and say even then they would come i would go to the fight choreographer and say hey we've got this idea and we would like and we've been actually playing with it a little bit but we'd like to you know mm-hmm. present it to you or talk talk you through it and see if you accept it 
Because, of course, if you know somebody's got a skill, you want to use their skill. Yeah. Well, and, and that's one thing, too. If, if I come in and they're like, oh, we were talking about this, and then, you know, we're thinking about doing something like that, that's great. I love it when actors have ideas, and, mm-hmm. and they come in, and they're like, I think my act, my character would do this and that. And they're like, great, let's work with that, and let's figure out how to do it safely and repeatedly mm-hmm. um, and, and do all of that. But I found more often than not, like, even tra- trained actors will do that then. They'll be like, hey, we haven't worked through this and done it physically together, but we wanted to talk you through it. But it's 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 like the sword guys who are really into swords but right. don't know yeah. much about it, who are who will go off and do their own thing. And I'm like, whoa, everything you're doing is so unsafe right, right. now. Right. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Back up. Yeah. That, that is totally, totally wrong. How is, how is, how is teaching at ACT been for you? I mean, are you bringing in a lot of, um, I love it. I wonderful. love the students. It's it's so nice to get to work with like such dedicated individuals who are excited about the work. And, um, I adults. just finished. Yeah, adults. <laughs> it's nice working with adults. <laughs> and and they're so interested in their craft too. You mm-hmm. know, they're so deeply involved with it. Um, I just finished teaching my ten uh, week single sword class to them, mm-hmm. the MFA threes right now, mm-hmm. and. It was a it was a joy. Like I didn't want to take it too too seriously. Like do something like knife work where it's really mm-hmm. close oh, and, yeah, yeah, yeah. and and it can get really dark really quickly. Mm. And so we we did some fun single sword fighting, which is very um, like Errol Flynn, mm-hmm. oh, Golden nice. Age of Hollywood swashbuckling. Yeah, I, I had a blast. Um, I'm gonna take it from them. They <laughs> they seemed like they had a blast too. I was yeah. like, hey, it not was really no, enjoyable. No, that is awesome. I was also thinking about the business of, I guess, being a fight coordinator. I mean, do you get, do you, you know, as an actor, I put up my resume or let's say I go do an audition and, you know, I'm cast based because they see, see what I do. I don't know how the business of being a fight coordinator, because someone out there is like, oh, wow, what Sydney's doing is really cool. And I want to do that. Yeah, I, you know, it, it's it's one of those weird things that, yeah, I don't really put out my resume very often. It's more of like, oh, I know this person through this, this, and this, right. or like mm-hmm. uh, being an actor as well. I'll get jobs because I'll do a show with someone, then they'll be like, "Oh, you fight direct as well." Mm-hmm. Okay, uh, but I do have like I have my extensive CV right. that cool. I've sent out, and, and that will be for teaching jobs more so. Like especially universities, they want to see all of your teaching experience and right. everything related. So I send that out for them, but for theaters. It is kind of surprising. They don't like. It's more of like, oh, well, so and so told me you do this, mm-hmm. right? But that being said, the, I'm a member of the Society of American Fight Directors. Mm-hmm. Got it. And so that's like, there's lots of mentorship through there, mm-hmm. um, and classes that folks take. They aren't as big um, in in the San Francisco area. There's dueling arts mm-hmm. here, right. um, which, Dave. yep, there's Dave. And Carla. And Carla. And Carla. We love Carla. Um, Carla was just my director. Yeah. Yeah. I know. It was so good. That was wild. Yeah. Oh, I know. It's always amazing. And I was sitting here trying to think. I'm like, when did we meet? Because I I can't remember. I think it... I, I think it was as, as you like it. Okay, it was as you like it. I don't know though. I feel like we've. I was. I was telling Reg earlier that I was like. Sometimes I think we were ships I feel in like the night. We, no, but I like, feel like. Yeah, I do feel like I knew you before we got there. I was. You were one of the faces. Like, I know you. Oh god. And I was yeah, like, yeah. I know this person. Oh, this is exciting. <laughs> 
Well, Bay Area Theater, I mean, it's all, if you don't know somebody, you know somebody who knows somebody. Oh, so I know, right? Like a nice, tight there, tapestry. There's a lot of that, yes. <laughs> do you miss acting? I mean, do you get on stage often? Yeah, yeah. Well, it's nice because I get to do the shows I want to do. Cool. <laughs> you know, and not just picking up any show. Mm. So I, I got a, I worked with Livermore this summer, and I did oh, their... Yeah. Their life is a cabernet, mm-hmm. um, which was my first like live event back. Was oh like, yeah, I was yeah. Like, oh, yeah, yeah. Being back on stage, it's crazy after so long away. <laughs> it is. Yeah. Were you guys masked or unmasked? Uh, we were masked all through the rehearsal Rehearsals, process, yes. right? Yeah. Well, it was it was actually kind of crazy because we got there and the first day of rehearsal, we were kind of like, okay, we're gonna navigate how we feel, and then the second day was as soon as Delta started to take off, and that's when the mask mandate was put mm. on, and we were all like, oh okay, this changes everything. And right. It, it totally changed the rehearsal room. Oh, it yeah. was like five actors in the show and none of us had worked together before. So then it was like, mm-hmm. how do we create this camaraderie and yeah. this relationship when yeah. we have masks on and, and we're all feeling really and apprehensive. And we're supposed to keep distance. And yeah, it's yeah. so weird. Uh, yeah, I just feel bad, just the theater community in general. You know, some shows just shut down. Some try to navigate around it. Mm-hmm. The bad ones try to just push through. And of course, you know, until they hit the you know, some sort of compliance issues or, you know, the landlord says, no, it's not happening, mm-hmm. you know, period. I, well, I love that I might have two shows next year just because of people postponing shows. I'm like, I'll believe it when I see it, but okay. Oh, I know. Well, the number's coming down. So, you know, California's no, but, doing really good. Yeah. But if I were a producer, I don't know how hard my commitment would be to that show that we talked about doing last year that we didn't get to do this year. Am I still going to be in love with that show? Once we've gone through another four or five shows before we get there, mm-hmm. am I still going to be in love with that show? Mm-hmm. Well, it's also everything's changing so quickly right now. I'm like, well, I'll wait till it comes, and then I'll believe it's happening. Right, exactly. <laughs> like, very much. What type of theater do you enjoy doing? Are you? Do you love comedy? Do you love drama? Do you? Comedy. There you go. I mean, I love a good drama, too, but mm-hmm. I, I just, especially right now, I feel like we need good, hearty laughter, and mm-hmm. I feel like that's how you learn through theater, too, is when you're able to laugh at it mm-hmm. and, like, see the story and relate to it and enjoy yourself, and, and then you're invested in the character, and mm-hmm. you might cry a little bit, even. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Careful. It's okay. Yeah. But I was thinking, you know, Swallowed like... Swallowed wrong. Wow. Combining... No dying allowed. <laughs> <coughs> We've got the water there. Uh, no, I was that's go- what caused it. Oh. <laughs> In any case, I was uh, thinking comedy and also the physicality. I mean, I think about Pratt Falls. Oh, and- <laughs> yes. Well, that's actually like why I moved to San Francisco. Was it for theater, but it was for clown school. Ah. Oh, you went to the clown school in San Fran? I did. That's why I moved here originally. And then I was like, oh, this place is actually pretty cool. I think mm-hmm. I'll stick around. I'm enjoying this. And then I just kept sticking around for mm-hmm. years and years and years. And mm-hmm. Oh, that's what brought you to the Bay? Yeah. Ah, interesting. Mm-hmm. When did you first come? 2014. Okay. Yeah. Right February on. 2014. Oh. So I think eight years ago. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, wow. yeah. Wow. That time flies. I know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I know. I was like, oh, wow. Has it been that long? I still uh, well, feel like I guess a newbie. Seven. Yeah, yeah. No, it, almost. It, almost it. Yeah. That's fantastic. We're hitting the uh, one hour mark. We're having so much fun. Uh, are you getting... Well, and we got to that question. I was like, we kind of skipped over the, how did you get here? Right. But we, <laughs> we landed. We found here anyway. <laughs> no, we just got too excited. Yeah. Are you are you getting the most out of, uh, I guess, Bay Area theater? You know, there's some actors who may be frustrated. They're like, you know. I'm just not getting paid enough. Um, there's, of course, the housing issue. There's some who are like, wow, this is fantastic. I want to stay here forever. H- uh, how do you feel as an actor? Are, are you getting the most out of it? Ooh. Well, everything changed in the past 
year and a half, right. yeah. I'll say. Um, but I was, I was, I was loving it. I was getting to do the work that I love to do and getting to fight direct and all of these things. Um, and, and I, what I love about Bay Area theater is there's a really strong community yeah. and, and there's a lot of support within this community, especially mm-hmm. compared to many of my friends in New York or DC or Chicago, or even in, in like New Orleans and or Atlanta, like I feel like there's such a sense of camaraderie, even holding each other accountable, lifting each other up, and also um, working towards theater that that says something. Yeah, and I really appreciate that about this area. But yeah, I mean, housing costs suck, mm-hmm. and yeah, it does. I, I even though AB five is challenging, at least every job has to pay you. Right. Yeah. But it's not enough. And after the pandemic, I've been having a lot of thoughts of like, okay, so what makes it enough for me? Right. Well, that's a good question. That stability. Any, any thoughts? <laughs> oh, so many. Ah! <laughs> I feel like it changes every day, though, where I'm like, oh, it's great. No, it's not. Yeah. It's terrible. I don't know. Oh, God. There are a lot of people having those conversations. Yeah. Yeah. yeah and it's, it's hard. It, but it is a good reckoning that we need theater. Like, we need stories. It's right. an inherently human <clears throat> thing that we have to do. But then we have to respect the artist and we yes. can't just be like, Oh, I'm going to pay you $35 for a show. Like, I just, I got in trouble on right. Facebook. I am, um, you know, I am signed up for one of the audition pages, Bay area, I think mm-hmm. Bay area auditions. So, you know, I look, I get notifications for it. So uh-huh. I look, I try to look whenever I get the notification, but inevitably more days than not, it is a bunch of things that either don't pay or they're just not equity. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, okay, y'all are pissing me off. And it was one of those days where there was nothing paying, but somebody describing this project, it was going to be amazing, and well, we're looking for dynamic people who can yeah. bring everything. And <clears throat> Oh, but we got no money. And I was just tired. I was tired, and it was late, so maybe I had had a couple of drinks. And I just went off. I was like, you know, no disrespect to you people who do that. I, I totally understand community theater. That's fine. I wish there was a page that was only for paying gigs. Yeah. And, I think I liked this and because <laughs> and, and because I didn't want, I know I watched the page, so I love that the moderator, whenever anybody gets on is off topic, you got an opinion about something, go post that someplace else. Don't post that here. So to avoid having my post taken down, I was like, I'm going to do a reading. I'm going to have auditions in December. I'm looking for some people. <laughs> Mm-hmm. <laughs> Good for you. No details. <clears throat> right, right, exactly. So I'm getting emails and headshots and resumes from people, and I'm having to inter- and I'm talking to a partner about it, and he's like, "Well, do you want me to do that?" And I'm like, "No, this was mine." So let me sort through this because I and legitimately, I might have some auditions in December for a piece that will a reading that'll go up in February. And what I'm going to do before I do any of that really is reach out to the people who I want in the show, like Rich. Um, <laughs> the Baldwin Project. Yeah, the Baldwin Project. Um, but I do need a young gay man. And actually, I need I have two older gay men who I really want. Mm-hmm. And I had an actor that we know get in touch with me. Well, Norman, I was involved with the project last time you guys did it, so I'd be really <laughs> interested. And I'm like... What I really need is too older, doesn't have to be white, can't be black, um, French, gay men. So I'm actually trying to talk to gay actors that I know so that I can cast this appropriately. But I, I just put it out there because I was just like, I'm, 
I'm happy for you people who just want to do theater and money is no object. You don't have to worry about that. Yeah. I got bills to pay. Mm -hmm. It's almost inexcusable. I mean, you know, it's like someone who posts that. They don't realize what actors go through. And I think, you know, there have been so many talks. I mean, we talk about it in mm -hmm. ad nauseum on the A. Oh, yeah. And I see posts about it. It's like, listen, you know, we need money. And, you know, don't produce a show if you don't have the money for it. Mm -hmm. Well, and I'm totally willing to accept that somebody in some circumstance might want to put up a piece and do their little thing. Or it's a community theater that has made their mission. Mm -hmm. They've got a piece of real estate because that's the only way mm -hmm. that you're really doing community theater anywhere is you've got some dedicated space that you can do your shows mm -hmm. in. So you don't have the sort of overhead that a any other theater has. But even then, are you paying monthly bills? That's, that's always when somebody tries to say, well, you don't understand. It's really important, and it gives the community a chance to do blah, blah, blah. Like, do they pay monthly bills? Do they say to the phone company, hey, we're a community theater. Do they say to PG&E, we're a community theater. Couldn't you just let us have some power because we want to make theater. We want to make people happy. No, they don't say that shit to anybody else, but the, mm -hmm. to the artists they say, can we give you 50 bucks? Oh, and when I you know. say, I, I got to go across a bridge to get here. And I have to pay gas money, which is like $5 a gallon right now. Right now? No, no. I, I mean, I'll put the controversial statement out there. I think there should be specifically community theater that states this is community theater. It is not professional. It is for a learning and fun environment. Mm -hmm. yeah. And then there should be professional theater, and it should pay. Yeah. That's all there should be. I was going to ask you, Sydney. I mean, as are you part of a union? Are you? Does your union work the same way as equity, where if you're hired, they have to pay you, you know, a certain amount of money? Uh, I would imagine the society has standards. Um, the Society of American Fight Directors is great and has mentors, but there is no set pay. Okay. And that is a frustrating thing that I've been talking about a lot lately with mm. fellow fight directors across the country because our 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 pay is different depending oh, yeah. on city. Yep. So much. And like, I have consulted my Broadway fight director friends, my friends in Indiana, mm -hmm. and like all over the country to figure out what our base pay is. And I, when I first moved here, I talked to a fight director in this area, and I was very frustrated because they told me, oh, sometimes I work for free. And I was like, you are like no. a person oh here. God. You should not be working for free. <clears throat> You're trained in You're how still, much money. Right. Yeah. Like we have put so much money towards, towards our training, and I can't just. And I bet you provide the weapons too. Sometimes I do. Yeah. yeah. I write all the swords off of my taxes so yeah, I can buy yeah. lots of swords. <laughs> and I just thought about insurance. There's got to be more insurance dealing with fighting. Well, well I mean, there's insurance. Any decent company has at least a basic insurance. I put it in that you know, the I will be under like the company's comp. insurance yeah. frequently. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. No, that's and so I'm and I really hate feeling like I'm attacking community theater. I'm not. I'm actually thinking about a couple of companies that are easy commute mm -hmm. for me. Therefore, you know, in my neighborhood, as far as I'm concerned, that I'm willing to go. Hey, I'd be happy to talk to you. I can't act for you because you don't use union, but I'd be happy to direct for you. Right show, right circumstances. But yeah, it can't be money coming out of my pocket to do this. No. Yeah. Right. Right. Exactly. And, you know, if I don't get upset if if a company says it right off the bat, listen, we're having auditions, but we don't have any money and we apologize. We know that you need money, but we just don't have, you know, something of that nature. Just put it right out there. Usually I find it at the very last, you know, it's mm -hmm. like the last. It's almost like a, uh, you know, one of those, you know, advertising. Yeah. 
this yes. read the small print. <laughs> right. <laughs> Calls us heart failure. Right, 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 exactly. So um, if I didn't get you compared to what, I'll get it to you because Lord knows there ain't going to be much money in that. But right. uh, hopefully next year I'm directing it. Mm. Hey, we'll, we'll see. We'll see. Yeah. Uh, we have run. Oh, we can carpool, though. <laughs> Ooh. <laughs> I hadn't thought about that. Go into an audition and say, but I live close to you, director. I live really close. We can we carpool. Can carpool. <laughs> hey, that, that's, that's a selling point. I'll pay point. the gas. Hired. <laughs> we'll see. Yeah. Put that on your resume. <laughs> Before we get into um, shout, shout outs, uh, Chickahan is having a fundraiser uh, for their world premiere, The Art, the Act of Care. You may know about this because uh, it's one of the playground, um, it's one of the plays that uh, playground is featuring mm-hmm. uh, in uh, late November, November the 19th through the 21st. Ah, okay. Oh, is it part of the Innovator Showcase? Yes. Okay. Yes. And so uh, Chickahan, and we've had Lauren Garcia on, who is part of Chickahan. Matter of fact, she's a co-writer, along with Conrad Panganaban. Mm-hmm. And so oh. I, have, I have a link to uh, the, if you want to contribute to their show, That's the, the Act of Care. Yeah. Um, you know, you can go do so. Um, you know, they're a fantastic young up-and-coming company. We've had Alan Casmorio on. Yes. And he's uh, talked about that as well. So we'll uh, plug that. And uh, there are other things, but perfect. He's one I want. Yes. I want. Um, so because we're doing on some Monday instead of Saturday, I'm going to sweep back a day and, and pick up Belly. Belly Sullivan um, is somebody I've known since the African-American Shakespeare that, days. Yeah. Uh, incredible. Um, so it is. It was her birthday, Halloween. I didn't realize it was Halloween as her birthday. I'm like, okay, that's that's <laughs> one of those. You're one of those holiday kids. I'm sorry, but yay, <laughs> Richard. I won't. I'll leave that one for you. Shalandra um, Ingram is a producer that I met, and I don't have a lot of producers on my list, but um, just somebody who really understood. Um, you know, focused on black arts, black culture, and live performance. And was doing it by coastal. I'm not sure what she's doing now, but, you know, incredible. Um, Andre C. Andre is um, an actor. I don't think I ever got to hire him, but I auditioned him for Oakland Public Theater. And now we do the UCSF medical role-playing thing together, standardized patient. Uh, Kirk Christ, probably the first actor I met in the Bay Area. I was working at a cafe on Haight Street, and he was working there. And he was in a show in Richmond with... um, Oh, God, Glenn, I can't remember his name now. Glenn went to L.A. shortly after that and ended up being like the father of the main character in one of the, it wasn't Boys in the Hood, but it was one of those films that came right afterwards. Oh, one of the Spike Lee things? No, 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 one of those, just one of those, you know, young black men are getting killed and killing each other and doing drugs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, that, okay. (laughs) You know, good work. Yeah. Um, Dan Bruno, um, so the... I'm doing Great Expectations. The main character is Pip. Pip is Keith Pinto. Ah. And I knew I'm doing it with Julian. Um, Julian Lopez ah, Maria. I love Julian. Um, got to do Death of a Salesman. He played Willie. Um, and didn't think I'd, didn't know if I'd ever get to do anything with him again. And he said, you know, I was so happy that I'm getting to work with live people and getting to do a role. <laughs> um, so we were actually carpooling. But I didn't know Keith. And then there's another woman who I've only role-played with. So we've only seen each other on Zoom. We've never been live. And now mm-hmm. we're in a show together. Awesome. Uh, Jen. Um, LeBlanc. Oh, hmm? LeBlanc. Yep. LeBlanc mm-hmm. is, um, is amazing. Um, and then there's Keith. 
And we were on a break and Keith said, I feel like we've seen each other. And so we had to kind of sift through the places where we were never in quite, we were never in the same show, Mm -hmm. never quite in the same group. But um, I was in a show with a woman who was dating somebody who was in the crew, Felonius, who was doing at the time a hip operetta. Um, and Keith is part of that crew. So to this day, he is still teaching hip hop theater. Wow. Yeah. I'm oh, like, wow. wow. And he is our pip. So anyway, Dan Bruno was also part of that crew. That was mm-hmm. a long way of getting <laughs> to that. Um, and so it's weird, though, these guys that I've known like over 20 years. And I'm like, I saw another one of them at a, a teaching gig and he hadn't shaved in a few days. So he was gray. And I was like, because I think Wait, of him as a happen? young guy. Yeah. I'm like. No, you're a young guy. I was like, oh, yeah, 20 years ago you were a young guy. So Dan Bruno's birthday is coming up this week. Somebody I went to high school with, Robert L. High. Um, you have probably seen Robert L. High's names if you've ever been to certain movies. I think he might even be in the lower tier of the Disney film soundtrack thing. He does soundtracks. He was always our pianist, oh, wow. a, a rehearsal accompanist, and basically musical director um, in all the musicals that we did in high school. Uh, so it's kind of neat when you see somebody like that go off and you're like, wow, that's like real. You're, you're getting paid. Uh, Mia Pashal, I think we finally oh. did manage to do a work together. Do you know Mia? Yeah. I. <laughs> okay, I always say, you know, uh, wonderful stories, but I did sound for her and uh, I guess it didn't quite work out. <laughs> uh. Like I did something and she was like, you know, I don't think this is really working out. But yeah, she rented out the Phoenix Theater. Oh, okay. Uh, a long time ago. This is like in the aughts. Sure. But wow, she's still she's still active. I, yeah, I, I guess. I, yeah, okay. You know, I, I'm, I'm, I'm counting you whether or not you're currently active. But, yeah. Um, and then a couple other ones. Uh, I, I, the next one is Susie Butler, who I had similar experience with. It was like, oh, I don't know if this is working. And she said, well, then, you know, that's okay. I'm, I'm going to do this show anyway. And I was like, uh, okay. And she was doing a Sarah Vaughn piece, which was oh, incredible. Nice. And she... She was, she, was she the divine sassy? She was so good. She awesome. was so amazing. Um, we just couldn't, we didn't have the rights. I guess we can say that now. Yeah. Um, we didn't have the rights to some of the stuff. And I was like, I feel really awkward about trying to put this up publicly when... You don't want to get sued. Ooh. Yeah, I, I don't yeah. want to be in that position. Um, and then the final one I have is Stuart Bozell. We haven't had him on, have we? No, not yet. Oh, gosh. He does, um, he keeps doing the Olympians... Or Olympiads, whatever they call it, every yeah. oh yeah yeah. Uh, well, Olympians. I guess they didn't COVID it, did they? Alan Coyne would talk to me about the Olympiads. Uh, yeah, yeah, no, incredible, incredible work. He piano started fight? off as a player. Is, is that a piano? Fight he was thing? at piano fight. Yeah, um, yeah. He's. Um, I hope. God, he is so prolific. Isn't the right word because that just implies like writing. He's director and putting together these huge programs and getting all these talents on point to get the show up he's mm-hmm. been wonderful um, and we met on a panel where we ended up debating the union non-union thing and it was so funny because i'm like wow i absolutely don't agree with you and you so don't agree with me <laughs> but i admire the hell out of you and i find you fascinating and i want to work with you except on union <laughs> but maybe someday. Anyway, that is mine for the week. Okay, and the uh, my list. Uh, yeah, you gave me uh, Richard Harder. His birthday is tomorrow. He is the uh, they. He and his uh, wife Barbara created Off Broadway West. Unfortunately, that is folded, uh, right. and they are in. Um, I want to say Oregon. I think they're in Portland. Yeah, Oregon. they're somewhere in Pacific. 
Yeah, yeah, Pacific yeah. Pacific Northwest. But in any case, uh, he's a fantastic director. And there are a couple of uh, posters, Hedda Gobbler and um, – Oh, shucks. Uh, Master Harold and the Boys. Uh, really oh, some nice. good stuff. Yay. Yeah. Uh, Marianna Wolf, her birthday was yesterday. No, on the 30th. Uh, she is a, uh, she's one of the, I guess, casualties of the Douglas Morrison Theater. Oh. She was the longtime um, conductor. Uh, oh. Of, okay. uh, the Douglas Morrison. I've done several shows at the Douglas Morrison, mm-hmm. and she was always my, uh, the conductor and also the voice coach. Did you see that um, I thought Plethos did something using that space recently? Oh. So there may be hope. Okay. I don't know if they brought the folks back in. No, no, no. no, no, no. The employees are yeah. screwed. I mean, uh, and, that, and that's sad. And Mariana so Wolf was, was one of them. And yeah. uh, she, she is just wonderful. And she was a guest on The Gay. Um, so happy birthday to her. Also on the 30th, Andy Miramontes, his birthday was on the 30th. I've acted with him. Uh, well, I'm sorry, I stage managed him. He did uh, Debbie Does Dallas, the musical. <laughs> <laughs> Which Brilliant. was a kick. I, I tell you, you know, we folks wanted to sit on the floor. They, they were so desperate to see that. <laughs> to see their show. It sells. They were paying a small SRO. house. So, damn. <laughs> yeah, it was more Saturday Night Live than porn, but uh, it, was, it was fun, and he mm-hmm. was a fun actor. Uh, he played Mr. Greenfield. Mr. Greenfield, oh. you're touching me. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> oh, that was God. funny. And also on uh, October the 31st, uh, that was yesterday, Aaron Hahn, uh, his birthday uh, was yesterday. Fantastic actor and um, playwright. Uh, I don't know what he's written, but he's talked to me about you know the projects that he's done. I stage managed him. He did um, Lifetimes 3. And I've got the poster in my bathroom. Uh, uh, let's see. And I think that is it. Oh, I'm sorry. No, no, no. A good friend of mine, Brant Blower, uh, he and I, he did The Marriage of Bet and Boo. Uh, he was part of uh, Theater Rhubarb. We uh, had Raymond Ray on. Yes. And uh, he and Raymond and Brant, you know, they've collaborated mm-hmm. a bunch of times. Mm-hmm. Also a gifted classical guitarist. He's just amazing. Wow. <laughs> That's how he uh, won his wife. Uh, he got his wife through. The power of music. Oh, that's so. work, man. <laughs> that is work. Hey, hey, that's fantastic. So happy birthday to Brandt. Terry Sullivan, we've talked about the casualties of DMT. He was one. He yeah. was the administrator. Yeah. His birthday this week? Uh, the 5th, the 5th of Yay. November. And I've tried to get him on. He was like, no, no, I don't act. I don't sing. I'm like, hey, you're part of the theater community. Oh, my God. Yeah, no, he is opinions. so brilliant. Yeah. Mm-hmm. No, he, he so clearly <clears throat> knows what's going on, knows how to, to massage yeah. something, suggest, very politely suggest that maybe you don't want to do that. Maybe this would be a better option. Just a very He's, polite, wonderful person. And doesn't yeah. he take the photos, too? For Oh, he may. Oh, you know, he may be. I, I think I he was, at least. Yeah. yeah, I've worked at DMT a couple times. Yeah. No, he's fantastic, and I hope that he changes his mind because he's just fantastic. And I think his daughter, beautiful daughter, uh, is also involved in theater. So, oh, mm-hmm. Terry, happy birthday, and th- that's my list. Shows. Uh, you know, all I'm talking about right now is Great Expectation. <laughs> um, we open uh, November 17th, or we preview November 17th, and we run through December 12th. We are doing six shows a week, so that's Wednesday through Sunday. Wednesday through Saturday, 8 o'clock, and then... Uh, matinee on both Saturday and Sunday. Wow, it's going to be intense. And the um, the e, uh, the website is the stage stage dot org. Okay. Um, yeah, send me a link. Well, actually, I, I can remember that the stage dot org. Yeah, no, yeah, I'll send it to you. 
Uh, also, I've got a couple of uh, things. I always check online to see what my friends are doing. And also, some friends just reach out to me. Uh, Mamma Mia, Tri-Valley Repertory Theater is doing Mamma Mia. Melissa Mambuis, episode 140. She was a guest on the A. She's in the show. And I have a link for that. That's November the 12th. I'm sorry, November the 12th through the 21st, just before Thanksgiving. Also, Interlude, uh, the new conservatory theater. We've talked about Sean J. West. He's directing that. Uh, that uh, ends November the 7th. It's currently running. The Book of Will, Foothill College. They're doing that November the 5th through the 21st. Eko Yamamoto is in that, and she was a guest on the Yay. Also, the Revolutionists are um, being played at the uh, Palo Alto Players. They're doing that. Kimberly Ridgeway. The prolific oh. Kimberly Ridgway is uh, doing that. She's uh, <laughs> actually on stage. Usually she's writing, mm-hmm. but now she's acting. Uh, and that'll be November the 5th through the 21st. Do I have anything else? I and have, what uh, theater was that? This is Palo Alto Players. Yeah. Oh, nice. Gabby Goldstein's in it, too. Okay. Mm-hmm. Right on. <clears throat> Dale. Into the Woods. Uh, done at the Berkeley Playhouse, November the 19th through the 23rd. We've been talking about that. Mm-hmm. This is the correct one, not yes. the incorrect <laughs> the one. multicultural. <laughs> yes. Anna Yoham and Mara Sotelo is in the show, and we'll have a link to that. And we've talked about the Central Work Script Club, uh, where you can download and read a play script, send in your questions for the playwright, and then listen to an audio interview with the playwright. So we have a link to that. We talked about a good friend, Barry Graves. He has his podcast, The Black Man's Heart. Check that out. Mm. Also, Mallory Samara has a uh, podcast, Connect the Dots. She is our consulting producer, but she also works for KCBS Radio. And um, Bindlestiff Studios has the podcast. So uh, check that yeah. out as well. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and that is that. Um, Sydney, did you have a good time? I did. I had a great time. Thank you Thanks so much. Thanks for having me. I really flows. appreciate it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I got the gold. You know, (laughs) get all fancy, sit in the comfy chair. Right on. Hey, we want to treat our guests well. So uh, thank you so much. And uh, like I said, you know, it's a Monday evening. Yeah, my, my, I get Sundays and Mondays off. No, no, no. They're they're filling up quickly. Yeah. yeah, In fact, we should talk about dates and things. Oh, sure, sure, sure. Not a problem at all. But we want to thank you uh, for braving the storm and, uh, you know, Monday evening checking out, hanging out with us. And what an in-depth conversation. You know, we got so much out through, mm-hmm. so much, you know, in, important things mm-hmm. to talk about. Alrighty, you you are you listening to the A already. Uh, we're on all podcast apps. We're on that purple podcast app on your iPhones and iPads. If you're an Android user, you can use the SoundCloud app or just go on SoundCloud.com to find the A. The A was created by theater people for theater people. Ah, and we have jerseys. Oh, <laughs> I yes. forgot to talk about the jerseys. So we've had Conrad Panganaman. He bought one. Raymond Ray bought one. So the list mm-hmm. just keeps going on and on. Oh, I'll that's post pictures. So um, $30. So check us mm-hmm. out if you want a, uh, a yay jersey. In any case, the yay is created by theater people for theater people. If you have a show you want to advertise or if you just want to advertise yourself, let us know. Hit us up on Twitter, Instagram. Our um, Twitter, our official Twitter feed is the yay three. Uh-huh. I'm at Red Space Clay. And I'm at Hoosier Hoosier. Sydney, is there a place where people can find you? On online? Instagram. Right on. Um, True Edge Art. True Edge Art. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. We can remember that. And we'll have a link to that. Mm-hmm. Thank you so much, and uh, have a wonderful evening, everyone. Happy post-Halloween. And as Norman and I always say, we got to find, find a, a better, better sign-off. Off. And we are out. Mm-hmm.